welcome to your Wealth Curve podcast or Wealth Curve Talk with John Smallwood. I'm very excited to be here today. I'm going to talk about the 19 sources of retirement income. This is a continuing series that we put out, I believe in the moment that I'm recording this, generating, working on having 19 sources of retirement income is probably one of the most important parts of any wealth plan. The more sources of retirement income, the more flexibility you have when stuff goes wrong. There's a couple of things that are going on that I want to just make you aware of. The 19 sources of retirement income is available on our smallwoodassociates.com website. You can, you can go there, download the 19 sources of retirement income for free. We also have a guide to navigating financial pressure. You can sign up for a weekly webinar. You can get a free copy of our Five Ways Your Wealth Under Attack book, along with a lot of other great benefits. You can also get a link to the latest book, which is called It's Your Wealth, Keep It, which is available on Amazon, coming out soon. And if you're listening to this after soon, which would be after June 23rd of 2020, that book should be available on Amazon for you to purchase. IRA income is probably one of the largest sources of retirement income that's not social security driven or pension driven. It's probably when you start looking at where do people's retirement income come from, it's here. It's also probably one of the places where people really understand the least amount of what's happening. And when you think about IRA income, you need to put it in context of how did the money get into the IRA? It's not technically the IRA contribution that you're making, you know, for the IRA contribution, but it comes from, it will come from the culmination of defined benefit plans, profit sharing plans, money purchase plans, your employer lump sum payout from a pension plan, your 401k at work, when you leave work, they get rolled out in essence to roll over IRAs and they begin to accumulate. And that IRA income is something that becomes extremely important. The money going in, and here's what I want to kind of talk about, the theory of the power of having tax deferral in the plan. The sole purpose of putting money into a qualified retirement plan is to defer money from a high bracket currently to a low bracket in the future. If you don't change brackets, meaning if you stay in the same bracket or you go to a higher bracket, the sole purpose of deferral is lost. We're not going to argue about deferral on this podcast, but I want you to understand the purpose and the goal is to take the money from a high bracket and defer it to a low bracket. The most important part about this, right, is so I'm taking the money, I'm deferring it into this IRA, sleeve, 401k, profit sharing, defined benefit plan, it's growing, and then I'm going to retire and I'm going to take money out of that, and that's going to get taxed at the current rate that I'm in. So whatever my bracket is, that is going to be where the taxable income is. So for example, if a husband and wife are married filing joint 
and they make between 170,000 and 326,000 all retirement income sources. The amount over 170 is subject to 24% tax plus New Jersey or the state that you're in. And if you're below that, it's 22%. So you have to, you know, when you put money into a qualified plan, there's a marginal tax bracket and there's an effective tax bracket, okay? So your marginal tax bracket is where are my last dollars being taxed? My effective bracket is basically the average of the taxes that I pay. So if I, if I earn $100,000 married, finally joint, my marginal bracket, my last dollars are being taxed in the current tax law at 22%. But if my total taxes for that are $15,000, my effective bracket would be 15%. Just want to put that in as clean and as clear language as I possibly could. So with the IRA, I defer it to a certain point. 59 and a half is a key number. Anything prior to 59 and a half, it, if I take a premature withdrawal with some exclusions, not only am I going to pay tax on the withdrawal, but I'm going to pay a 10% penalty on the money that's coming out of the IRA. There are some code sections of the law that are called substantial and equal payments or 72T that allow you to take money out of a qualified plan prior to 59 and a half, avoid the 10% penalty, but the rules are it has to be five years or 59 and a half, whichever one is longer. And if you if you you're allowed one write down during the time frame, but if you modify that, you could trigger the whole all the past retirement income that you re, that you removed at the 10 percent penalty. So you have to be careful on that is what I'm basically saying. Under the old tax law, we know that 70 and a half was a magic age that you would have to get a required minimum distribution now. The tax law basically has now, the SECURE Act has pushed that distribution out to age 72. So you can continue to defer the money in an IRA income. Now, there's a lot of different points and different people talking to this. And there's a lot of traps that I see happening for people is that they might be out of work in a low tax bracket. The new CARES Act has unique tax benefits that for IRAs that you can pull money out and avoid the 10% penalty. Those are short lived. Those are beyond, you know, the end of calendar year 2020. But when you think about growth of money, your RMDs, your required minimum distributions in the future will potentially put you into a higher tax bracket. And I, I find that experience for a lot of, a lot of people is that they're deferring waiting, they're spending down non-qualified money, not paying any tax, only to be in a much higher tax bracket later. So you need to really understand where your current bracket is and what can I pull out and what things can I do in my plan to reduce the tax benefits coming out of that plan. As you look at the retirement income from an IRA, one of the things that's interesting, there's a couple of things that you really need to consider when you're making you know, non-deductible IRA contributions that technically that's after-tax money going into that, which is limited depending upon how much money you earn, et cetera. I don't want to get into the, to the details of this. I want to get into the essence of what's out there is you have money that you've already paid tax that's in the IRA 
and you need to keep track of your basis on that because as you pull money out of that IRA with non-deductible or after-tax contributions to the IRA in the future, you want to make sure that the custodian codes the deduction or the withdrawal right, that you're not paying tax on money that you've already paid tax on. I see that happening a lot in a lot of cases. In your 401k plan, if you have company stock, there's very unique tax treatments to pull the company stock out. It's called net unrealized depreciation or NUA. That's a completely different topic, but that unleashes the power of capital gains in an, in your qualified plan. But if you don't do it right, it's all subject to ordinary income tax. So right now, capital gain rate, top bracket 20%, federal bracket, top bracket 37%. So the the IRA, you want to really, you want to have this income, you want to have it in your plan, you want to get to a lower tax bracket if you possibly can. Deductions are important today and deductions are important tomorrow. What I find is if all of my money is in qualified plans and let's say I have a million dollars there and I'm going to take out $40,000 a year for retirement income from that. And I have an emergency. I need money. If my only source of money is to take it from the qualified plan, I have to pull money out of the qualified plan to pay the tax to get the money that I need. So what happens is what we want to do is we want to have the 19 sources so that doesn't become the piggy bank for me when I need money but it becomes something that I look at and say, I want to pull as much money out of the retirement plan as I can. There are certain tax environments where you're, you know, when you, you look at this and you know, you're in a low tax bracket, there are conversations that you want to consider converting your IRA to a Roth IRA, you know, business losses may allow you to do that and not pay any tax. There's very different things that you should be thinking about. But what you want to do is you want to have balance so that the IRA withdrawals and the required minimum distributions are not throwing you into the highest tax bracket if you happen to be there. If you're below the brackets and one of the parts about planning is where am I today? What is my tax bracket? How much money have I accumulated in all places and where will I be? in retirement five or 10 years from now, if I change nothing about that plan, you might actually find that even with the, t- with the tax law sunsetting in 2025 or sooner, depending upon elections, that you might find yourself in a lower tax bracket. If you happen to be in a lower tax bracket, then the idea is a good thing and that deferral makes a ton of sense. You really need to understand where you are, what you're doing, So that retirement income coming out is super important in longevity of payments. Now, the required minimum distribution calculation, technically, it's trying to force the money out by a certain age to get the IRAs down to nothing. But each year, as you live longer, it's not a, you know, at 72, it's not you know, it's like 30 years where that has to be out. When you're 80, it's not, you know, it's not 22 years. It's still, your life expectancy is still longer than that. One of the tax laws that came into play with the SECURE Act 
is they were working on the the factor for withdrawal, which I haven't seen any movement on that probably forgotten at this point in time. But qualified plans and retirement income also have certain ERISA power where there's asset protection, but once the distribution is required, it's no longer protected. So make a long story short, you really, you wanna have as much IRA income in your strategy that creates that taxable balance. You wanna, you wanna look for strategies in retirement. What could I do to help offset this tax that's coming out? I need to think through my deductions. Right now, you know, we're faced with state and local income tax with the limitations of the $10,000 SALT deduction. But when the tax loss, when the 2017 tax loss sunsets, those things come back. So real estate taxes, state and local taxes, mortgage interest deduction combined become quite popular and important. So when you're doing planning, you kind of have to think about, you know, what's right today, how will it play out over time? And it's impossible to predict how the tax law is going to change and what tax, tax deductions are going to be there and what tax deductions are not going to be there. But when we know something is sunsetting, and that it sunsets back to the old law, you go back to the old law, that law will probably be changed also, but there are core things that I need to make sure that I have in the plan that if that is the case in the future that the SALT deduction comes back and the, I, and the mortgage interest deductions are there, I wanna be able to utilize that offsetting my IRA income as much as I possibly can and other income sources in retirement. So as we go through the 19 sources of retirement income, there's a lot of ways to get the money in there, in the IRAs. It is taxable, and there are strategies, depending upon who you are and what you're doing, to help minimize that taxation. A lot of my clients who do not own their own businesses that work for large companies have a lot of deferred assets, such as deferred compensation and IRA income, exposing all of the money to taxation. And most of it, they don't have a chance. They have to take it out at these predetermined timeframes, may not be the best time. So you want to, I want to focus on this again and say, you need to have the balance so that you can, if you need a certain amount of income, if tax rates go up in the future, which is probable when you start looking at all of what's happening in today's world, it's probable that taxes will be higher in the future, that I wanna understand how it works during the accumulation phase. I wanna understand how this, how, how an IRA would work during the retirement distribution phase. And then I wanna see how it passes. And what we're seeing when I, when I say pass, passing to my family or my charities, it's efficient in certain environments, it's inefficient in other environments, and it's inefficient on other, based upon certain possible outcomes that could happen, okay? So as we wrap this up, what, you, what you're really looking for is the ratio right now, how much money do I have and how much of it is qualified IRA versus non-IRA? And what we find is that if that balance is not 50-50 or 60-40 either direction, if it's one way skewed or the other, 
it's not as efficient. Okay. We have a lot of features and resources that are available on the website. We recently posted this 19 sources of retirement income at smallwoodassociates.com. There's a navigating financial pressure guide that can be downloaded. There's a series of podcasts that are connected to that as well. We have a free book offer for your five ways your wealth under attack. Um, you just hit the form and we'll send you the book. We offer a free, no obligation, no hassle, wealth curve conversation. And the idea is to understand where you are. Should you do a blueprint? Should you go a little bit further? Do you like what we're talking about? But the key is making a plan to understand where you are and then look at if things don't change, where will I end up? If things change, where will I end up? What are my ups and what are my downs? I want to thank you for listening today. And I look forward to talking to you in the future. Thank you for your time. Look forward to seeing you. Welcome to the end of the video. Smallwood Wealth Management is an investment advisor representative. The opinions expressed by Smallwood Wealth Management and guests on this show are their own. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice, information presented for this educational purposes only. Moreover, no listener should assume that any discussions or information presented serves as a receipt of or substitute for personalized advice from Smallwood Wealth Management or from any other investment professional and is not intended as an offer of solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Smallwood Wealth Management is not a law firm or an accounting firm, and no portion of this presentation should be interpreted as legal, accounting, or tax advice. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as a recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Thank you for listening.